You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Provisional restorations provide an optimal situation for patients and clinicians in developing permanent restorations. They serve as a vital diagnostic and assessment tool to evaluate function, color, shape, contour, occlusion, and overall aesthetics. With increased demands placed on provisional restorations, new materials and techniques have been developed and some existing protocols are being redefined to accomplish desired goals. This podcast will review current materials, techniques, and concepts in fabricating and maintaining functional provisionals. Here to tell us more about it is an expert on the topic, Shannon Pace Brinker. Shannon is a certified dental assistant with over 25 years of clinical experience and continues to work for Dr. Robert Corman in Virginia Beach, Virginia. She's done other podcasts with us. One was on whitening, which was absolutely phenomenal. I encourage everybody to listen to it. Um, and another one was on impression taking. And we actually veered off topic a little bit and talked about digital scanning, which was, I think, very relevant to the topic. So in addition to being a national and international speaker, Shannon is a regular speaker on VivaLearning.com with her CE webinars and is the author of over 300 articles for various publications. Shannon, it's a pleasure to have you back on Dental Talk. Thank you so much for having me. So how does provisional restorations become a vital diagnostic and assessment tool? Well, I think sometimes we just think as provisionals as just something that the patient's going to wear until the final restorations come back. And, you know, that's that's true for posterior provisionals. But when we talk about front teeth and we're making these uh, beautiful provisionals that are very lifelike, um, they're really, and I think team members need to understand this, we're making these for function, not just to look pretty, but we got to give the laboratory a blueprint of where we want to go. And uh, I only know this because I'm in provisionals myself right now, is that, first of all, we've got to protect, you know, what is uh, underlined as far as the tooth structure, but we want the tissues to look good. Uh, and we have to show the lab this is what we achieved. And I think for function, when we think about length and width and is it lined up with the midline, this is such a tool, an educational tool, and to give back diagnostically to the lab to show them this is where we want to go, you know, because they don't have a live patient, you know, 99% of the time, right? So they just got models and impressions to go mm -hmm. by. They don't have the real person. So taking the photos, making really nice provisionals, and then sharing with them, this is the link that she likes, and this is, they're able to function with these, pronounce their words with these. This is, you know, working really well. Now I'm going to take an impression of that and share that with Klaus, my lab technician, to say, hey, this is the link. This is the shape she likes and come as close as we can so we can show them what we expect in those finals. Right. So the provisional becomes the pathway to the final restoration and a great communication tool with the laboratory. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So fabricating direct and indirect provisionals, how do we get them to be the most accurate as far as the fit, the margins, et cetera? I'll tell you, Phil, it all goes back to the impression. You can be super assistant, you know, and, and, and have the best burrs and uh, the best, you know, uh, trimming handpiece. But everything starts from that impression. If I just use, you know, something that can just, you know, kind of give me a little bit of detail, but really doesn't capture the margins, I'm going to be adding flowable. I'm going to be adding, you know, my bisacryl material to it. And I'm never going to get as great of a fit as I would have got if I would have had a great choice and that provisional uh, matrix, you know, and it really comes from choosing a really great product that's going to capture that detail for me in that preliminary impression. And mm -hmm. that's where it all starts. Right. Not only the product, but the technique obviously is so important and the tissue retraction and tissue management. And you talked about that in a previous uh, podcast, which was really interesting. So, 
trimming, finishing, and polishing the burrs, the paraphernalia that goes with that. Tell us about that, how it relates to, to handling these provisionals. Absolutely. I will tell you that um, the very first doctor that really taught me a lot about cosmetics um, was Ross Nash, and he, he's in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I have to give him the credit. I used to say as an assistant, I would kind of talk to myself about how long he would go through polishing and polishing and polishing, you know, go from this burr to this burr to this burr. And I was like, man, this is taking forever, you know, mm -hmm. and until and, and, and honestly, until I had my own dental work done, I didn't realize how important it is. And, and also knowing that, you know, again, as assistants, when we're first trained, we've got this great big, I call it the mother bird, uh, you know, carbide, right? This big old football bullet. And it is mm -hmm. not going to give us the contours that we need, um, you know, and, and we that's need. The, that's the one we had in dental school. That's the one. Oh, my gosh. That's the one that came <laughs> in our dental school kit and literally, yeah, exactly. It looks like a football and we used it for every single preclinical provisional and every, all through dental school. I remember. And it is so funny. Oh my gosh, I call it the mother burr uh, mm -hmm. because of the fact that it's it's that big bullet. But, you know, again, what we find is, you know, you have to polish, you know, you've got to use sandpaper disc. I'm a big fan of sandpaper disc um, and, uh, and and having really good polishers, you know, and, and, and really getting that shine. I mean, now we've got so many great bisacrylics out there that have all these different shades. They mimic light. Um, but going back to that, you know, if we've got a great impression and we've got good margins, we don't have to trim as much. And that is another thing about having a good preliminary impression. But what we find is polishing the most important thing. I mean, I can remember when I had, um, again, uh, having, you know, two molar crowns prepped and being in provisionals, my tongue and we swallow thousands of times a day. I think the team does not understand that. You know, an average person swallows about 2,000 times a day, and uh, it's kind of hard to count, uh, but we do. And if that tongue is rubbing against that provisional and it is like sandpaper, patients are going to tell you, gosh, my tongue was just raw. Right. And so it's got to be polished. It's got to be smooth. Um, and, and now I appreciate that. So if Dr. Nash, you're listening, thank you for training me and uh, my good friend, Frank Milner. They're polishing kings, you know, and, and, and they're absolutely right because when you're the patient, you want it to be smooth and you want it to be shiny. And, and I think that is so important for your team to understand how important spending a little bit of extra time to get that polish and make it look beautiful and shine is really important. So, so there's so many burrs. Yeah. Do you polish that, that in, the, in the laboratory in your dental office where you just leave the patient and do it in the lab, the in-house lab, or you do it at chair side? Um, you know, I, I've done it both ways. Um, I, I will tell you that, I, you know, having a, a a really good, I use a little goat hair brush um, and uh, it has a little polish in, in the middle of it. Um, and then I have a Muslim wheel uh, that I will just shine it right up. I'm, I'm not a big fan of lays and pumice because I've broken so many provisionals. Um, so I, I do like utilizing a, a slow speed handpiece or even a laboratory handpiece to polish those. But yes, I think that that gives us the most shine. And then at the end, uh, if it's anterior, uh, you know, one of the things that I think we don't understand as team members is the light has to bounce off of these and look real. And uh, if I'm really working on a big case, uh, I'll even add a little bit of glaze to it. But you can't add the glaze until you have polished it really nice and smooth. You're still going to have those bumps and grooves if you don't polish it first and then add the glaze, which will give us more lifelike provisional. Right. And typically, how long does it take for that polishing procedure to be to, to be finished? Chair-side. Oh, my gosh shoot maybe three to four minutes okay you so know it's, it. it's so quick mm -hmm. and you do you it's think so do you think that provisionals are going in patients mouths that are not being polished oh absolutely are you kidding me oh gosh i can't tell you some of the things we even have patients come to us that are in provisional stage that have lost confidence and wow. that, i mean it's me, three minutes worth of work oh my gosh i mean I, I have so many cases I can show you of cases that of, of provisionals that are coming in. And, you know, what the doctor will say sometimes is, well, you know what? It's just plastic. 
Uh, it's not that big of a deal. And, and even team members will say, well, Shannon, if you make them look this good, they're not going to come back. And, and that is totally not the case. I mean, right. I think it also goes back to, you know, did you get some of the fee up front? You know, so this way, you know, you've got your lab bill covered and, you know, you've got some type of down payment. Uh, but these don't last forever. They're plastic. But if you make them look real and you spend the time, this is something that you cannot get back. You know, you've got to spend the time with these cases like this because these patients, the best referrals are going to come from the ones that are in your chair. And those are the ones that are going to remember you and the time that you spent. And, and, and I treat every patient, if it was my mother, my brother, my sister, my best friend, it's important for them to leave and feel confident with what we gave them, especially when it's front teeth. It's got to look real. Well, yeah, these, pa these patients are going to work, so they certainly need temporaries that are, that are attractive, that are functional, and they may get compliments on their provisional saying, wow, your teeth look great. And I don't know if the patient tells them, well, these are just temps. These are just my provisionals. I haven't gotten my real thing yet. But I mean, they're still going to... Uh, work and seeing their friends and doing their stuff and whatever, and these things have to look natural and um, they have to look like real teeth. Absolutely, they do. I mean, it, it, I can't sit a patient up and say that looks great if it doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I've been doing this for a very long time. You know, the, the team has to understand that the patient cannot just leave and, and, and have something that looks okay. It's got to look beautiful because I'm taking photos. You know, I want patients to see because they're scared already if they know their teeth are going to be prepared and you don't give them something that's going to look great. They're right. scared. And, and I will tell you, it's, it's a confidence builder on the pathway to get the final, the final uh, restoration. So tell us about cementation techniques. Not all these provisionals are going to stay in that long, some of them longer than others. So based on the period that they're going to be in the mouth, is there a different uh, cement that you use? Different? You tell us about that. Yeah, I think it goes back to the preference of um, the practice and the doctor. Um, I'll tell you that we, I, I like to lock on my provisionals because, you know, a lot of times, if unless they're having tissue surgery, like for myself, my own temps, mine are cemented. They weren't locked on because I had to, I'm going to, I had to have a, a couple of procedures with tissue surgery. But, um, you know, I, if you're going to do a lock on technique, what we call a shrink wrap technique, where I'll use putty. Um, and reline it to where I really get a great margin and we'll use that for veneers or, you know, teeth that we're really just preparing, you know, being minimal, we'll do a lock on technique because a lot of times what we find is the patient may lose those because they're so thin um, that we just, you know, we, we, we place the acrylic into the putty matrix, we seed it and we let it kind of shrink a little bit and set up and then we peel it off and then we'll clean up the margins that way. Um, mm -hmm. But if we're going to cement it, uh, and I've seen this again, I have a patient that came into my practice from another office where they used really white provisional cement. So it almost looked like a moon tooth is what I call it. Mm. And, and you got to be careful because this is their front teeth. And so you really want to choose a cement that, uh, you know, it kind of has that underlying not bright color, um, but also is strong and thinking about the time because there's polycarboxinate cements um, that I would use like uh, Fuji Temp LT. Uh, from GC is is like rock hard cement. I mean, it is not coming off right with this. And I'll use it for posterior areas, but for anterior, you know, I'm going to look for something that may maybe depending on the time might not be quite as strong, um, but still gives me a nice aesthetic result. What's an and example there's of lots that? Of an example of that um, kind of cement. So, so for anterior, you know, I, I think the um, you know there's great ones out there. I know that uh, Centrex has one that we've been using. Uh, you know, and and gosh, I said what other ones we have out there. Um, Temp, there's Tempon Clear, you know, Centrex has one that's um, not quite as bright and uh, it's kind of a no mix material. And, um, and, and there's just several of them out there. I know there's Zone that's been around for forever. 
Um, but again, I don't want it to be so white. It's got to be a cement that, you know, has more of that tooth structure to it. And if the temporaries are thicker, it's okay. But, you know, I've had patients, again, have that really white spot in the center once we've seated it. And it's like, oh, gosh, how are you going to tell that patient, hey, it's just temporary, you know, when they're going to be wearing that for several weeks and knowing that that tooth is really standing out. It's not right. fun. Right. So there's no question. Provisional restorations are definitely something that has to be done in a professional way that leads the patient towards the confidence level that that practice is going to provide them with a final crown or bridge that's going to do the job and and be impressive. So we don't want to be not focusing on making a beautiful provisional. This information was very helpful, Shannon. And um, I know we have you on another podcast coming up on inventory control, which is going to be interesting. And that'll be coming up soon. So uh, again, thanks for helping us out with this podcast and providing us with all your insight. We appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thanks again for your time.